Thank you for listening to this podcast from Renew San Diego, a church for the good of all our neighbors in North Park, San Diego. If you're ever in the area on Sunday mornings, we'd love to welcome you. More information at renewsandiego.org. Share with a friend. See you soon. And today our scripture reading comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. So you have verses 9 through 17 in your worship folder. I'm going to read the lead-up verses to that as well. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the vine, says Jesus, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you could do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we hear these words now, These words that have the imagery of growth, of hope, of love. So much of this world right now feels like a mixture of hope and growth and love, as well as despair and fear and anxiety and loss. And in the midst of all that, you come and speak your words to us. And so now, however we find ourselves, hopeful or despairing, believing and trusting, or cynical, and doubting, feeling connected, or feeling alone. Help us to see that we have more in common than we realize, that on one hand you see us and you know us in all our complexity and contradictions, the ways we get it right and the ways we don't get it at all. You see us, you know us, and you love us. You give yourself to us in the transforming work of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, would you open our hearts now to receive your love, 
our minds to perceive your truth and our lives to reflect your renewal wherever we go. We pray, Lord, that you would transform us and send us out as agents of renewal, that we would love one another as you have loved us. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, this is uh, one of the most read passages of the Gospel of John. This is also the passage that when you're in seminary and you're learning to read biblical Greek, ancient Greek, they go to one of these passages, and you can kind of see why. Because John just, he repeats phrase after phrase after phrase. I asked Florence last night, when, when you think of John 15 with the picture of Jesus being the vine and we are the branches, what comes to mind? And she said, a lot of repetition, right? You and me and I in you. As I abide here, you abide there. As we are connected, so you should be connected throughout. He's continually repeating these patterns, and yet it's so deep that each line could be its own sermon. He's coming and saying, here's the key to the kind of growth that I call you to. What can turn a coward into someone who's courageous? What can turn someone who's at the end of their rope into someone who's hopeful? What can turn someone who just looks out for themselves into someone who generously and sacrificially pours themselves out on behalf of others? It's this kind of organic growth that he's talking about. And we're going to unpack it. And uh, in the time we have, let's just explore this idea of bearing fruit, having some sort of flourishing, beautiful output in your life, bearing fruit by abiding in love, okay? Bearing fruit by abiding in love. Now, first, bearing fruit. I loved hearing Alan Marla being able to talk about how they want to love other people with the love of Jesus when they're on the streets. And now that they have a roof over their head, that doesn't change. It just looks a bit different. They want to love people with the love of Jesus on 30th Street, but now that their apartment's a couple miles away, they want to love people with the love of Jesus there as well. See, the calling doesn't change even when the location changes. The calling doesn't change even when your conditions change. The calling remains the same, to bear fruit. Just thinking horticulturally, when a, when a tree is bearing fruit, that is a sign that it is growing and healthy and vital. When a tree is bearing fruit, that is a part of its organic, enormous potential. Right? One tree can bear many pieces of fruit, and the fruit has the seeds, and the seeds fall to the earth, and the earth becomes new trees that go on to bear fruit and more trees, and bear fruit and more trees. And Jesus says, stay connected to me, and you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. But it comes not through a mechanical process, but through an organic process. You know, it doesn't come as we, we say, well, we want to be results-focused and externally focused. And so we ask ourselves, well, what does it look like to bear fruit? What does it look like to have some outward expression of internal growth? And we try to uh, amass different you know, aspects of fruit, whatever sort of growth that you're aspiring to, and we try to paste it onto the tree. And we end up inauthentic, pretending like we're doing far better than we actually are, or we're, we're posturing and we're pretending, or we're just getting exhausted. Because Jesus says you don't grow by pasting fruit onto the tree, you grow by making sure that you're connected to me, and as you put your roots down into me, the fruit will come naturally. It's an organic process. 
you know, especially in this COVID season, but one of the, the pleasures and privileges of being a pastor is having friends and, and people in the community come to me and say, you know, I have this opportunity to move to another place, to another city, to another country. Do you think I should go or do you think I should stay? People will come and say, I have this opportunity to trans- transition jobs into a new career. Do you think I should make the jump or do you think I should stay? What do you think I should do? And of course, there's no one-size-fits-all piece of advice for that. Except for, sometimes God may call you to change your geographic location. Sometimes he may not. Sometimes God may call you to change your career. Sometimes he might not. But God always calls you to abide and bear fruit exactly where you are. God always calls you to stay connected to him right where you are. When... uh, before COVID, so I, for over 10 years, I've had a really fun side job where I coach business executives to communicate to influence with a really bi- like big established firm out of San Francisco. And I get to fly around the country and hang out with all these very, you know, high, high impact people. It's a great, it has a really good per diem, you know, good meal allowance. I have a great time. And at one time uh, before COVID, I was in New York City working with these executives down at the Sheraton Towers, right on Times Square. And I had mentioned to these people, 10 people in the room, that I'm a Christian. I actually mentioned that I'm a pastor. And I, and I tied it into why that's important to them. But the next day, the leader of the whole group, the regional director for this corporation, calls me up. And he says, hey, Matt, I need you to come by and sit with me. And I thought he was going to ask for some advanced executive coaching. And instead, he simply said, look, I haven't been to church for 30 years. But here's what's going on in my life right now, and things aren't going the way I wanted them to go. What do you think I should do? Now, I didn't ask for that moment. I simply tried to make myself available wherever I go in a way that's thoughtful, caring, and responsive. And here's the point. Al and Marla, whether they're on the street or in a home, are seeking to be connected to Christ and bearing fruit wherever they go. Whether I'm in the corner office in the Sheraton Towers of Times Square in New York City or whether we're on 30th Street right here, the calling is to stay connected to him and bear fruit. Focus on staying connected to Jesus and the fruit grows naturally and organically. Now, let me give you a little pastoral update on what that looks like just as a church community because at Renew Church, we're committed to growing together in a way that is organic that where there's no gimmicks, where there's no quick growth strategies, are, we want to provide as many ways to connect with God, with each other, and with our community. And so right now, as you know, one of the, you know, just one of the facts of life with COVID is that it has pushed us to go largely online. I mean, very recently we have this hybrid gathering for Sundays where we can be together in person, in small groups, socially distanced, but most people still tune in online and join. The community group on Wednesday night is online. The prayer group Wednesday is online. So in this moment at Renew, the temptation is, um, as very, it was well outlined in this article I read this week, feeding the flock versus feeding the beast. Feeding the flock versus feeding the beast. And what they're talking about, and I can definitely identify with this, is is it the pastor's job to care for the congregation or to create content for online, right? And so here's our context. I was going back and looking at our church growth 
through the last couple years. And the year uh, in March 2019, so one year before COVID pandemic shutdown started, there were 20 adults and eight kids here on a Sunday, 20 adults and eight kids. One year later, the Sunday before the COVID shutdown, there were 40 adults and 16 kids here. Right? So that, that, the church doubled in size in one year. As one friend you know, with a smile on his face said, the church doubled in size. I think that's the fastest growing church in America. Okay? Now, go to, fast forward to last week. There were 12 adults and five kids here, but online there were 194 views on Facebook and 10 on YouTube. So here's the thing. We know that we're growing in terms of the numbers of people that are a part of this church, and we are so glad for it. We're reaching more of our neighbors. Many of you are inviting your neighbors and starting Facebook watch parties and sending the website to friends and inviting them to join in. Our, we're, we're, in we're enjoying the company and fellowship of more of our neighbors. Our vision of what it means to be a neighbor is expanding as we are a church in the city for the good of the city. And now being online, it takes away all the geographical boundaries and friends are joining from all over the country and all over the world. You're most welcome. So on one hand... There's this great opportunity to expand our community, which I rejoice in. At the same time, there's the challenge of pastoring a congregation where we don't know exactly who is in the congregation and who's not, unless you tell us. And that's why I always ask, please hit the contact button on the church's website and tell us your name and your email address at least, so that we just know you're a part of the church. That's why membership is so important. Next week, as we'll have many people up here joining the church officially as members, two of them being baptized into the life of the community. See, if we simply focus on growing our numbers as a church to grow big and fast with gimmicks and quick growth strategies, we will sacrifice our relational connection. We will miss out on the DNA of who we are, to be a church that is being reunited with God, reconnected with each other, and redirected outward in mission to serve all our neighbors, to come close to God, to each other, and to our community. So the whole goal, what all of this is about, in the best way we could possibly do, is for the church to inspire you, to equip you, to give you resources to see God's love, to trust God's love, and to abide in God's love. And we trust that as we do that, then bearing fruit will occur naturally. Now, that's not simply my job as the pastor to do that. It's my job to hopefully equip you to care for one another in that same way. And so at Renew, we do this in some organized ways. We do this on Sunday mornings right here where you come and bring friends. We do this on our community group on Wednesday afternoon, evenings, and prayer gatherings on Wednesday at noon. We do this in service opportunities like Know Your Neighbor, which happens the last Saturday of every month. We do this by giving you resources like the Conflicted Allegiance resources we shared to think about faith and politics in a way that is thoughtful and nuanced and wise. So we do it in some ways that are organized, but the point is then, especially in this pandemic season where we are quarantined and we're in our own homes and on our own blocks, we do it in organized ways to equip you to do it in a thousand organic ways. Yeah. Many of you are at home now, which means you get to be with your family. It also means you've got to be with your family. We want to equip you to care for yourself well, to care for others well, to be patient with yourself and forgiving toward yourself as you are towards others. Many of you uh, live alone, and so with this pandemic, you're actually, on one hand, you're more productive at work than ever because your work's online, and you're cranking out work in your own apartment or your own home. At the same time, you're lonely, 
So the church wants to make sure that you never have to be alone. On your own street, I I rejoice in Rita who lives down the street from us over on 29th Street where after she saw our family had moved our family dinners to the front yard so that we can say hi to neighbors as they pass by, she began a bonfire gathering in the front of her house, socially distanced so that the neighbors can come and just catch up with each other and see how they're doing. To equip you to do it in your workplace in the thousand organic ways. So what does it look like for you now to bear fruit exactly where you are. Maybe one of the exercises, even this morning as we're together, would be for you to think about the ways that you've already seen this take place. And then to think about the ways that you'd like to see it happen more. Now, I'm going a little backwards in this sermon because we're starting with the fruit. And I just told you, you can't paste fruit onto the tree. All you can do is focus on growing your roots more deeply into God's love. So the question then is, how do we put ourselves in a position to bear that kind of fruit in our lives? And the answer is, stay connected to the vine. To abide. Jesus uses the word to abide, which in Greek is the word meno. It's obviously, it's, it's often translated as to remain or to stay. He says, stay connected to me. Remain connected to me. Remain connected to my love. And he says, how do you do that? Well, he gives three ways here. In, in verse three, he says, you remain connected to me through my word. This is why wherever you are in your faith, questioning, doubting, cynical, skeptical, believing, unbelieving, he says, if you want to get to the core of who I am, know me through scripture. That's why when we gather on Sundays, there's scripture involved. Wednesday nights at community group, scripture. Even Wednesday prayer gathering, there's a scripture that's read so that we can get into the core of what it means to know him through his word. In verse seven, he says, if you ask me uh, so that my words may abide in you, for ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. He's saying, come to me in prayer. Have a conversation with me. Talk to me regularly. You know, any relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or even a, a work friendship, it always grows if you increase your communication. He says, talk to me. Pray for me. Pray to me. Come to me. Stay connected through my word. Stay connected through prayer and stay connected through community. Because throughout this entire piece, Jesus is saying, as the Father has loved me, I've loved you. And that you, as I often say, is a y'all. It's not just you individually, even though he does love you individually. But he's saying, we're going to do this as a community. You're going to experience my love as you love one another in a way that you would not experience it if you sat off all by yourself in the corner. And then he furthers it by saying in verse 12, this is my commandment, right? If you want to know what my commandment is, here it is. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. That's that's both the pathway to staying connected to him through his word, through prayer, and through community, which leads to us loving one another as he has loved us. We're seeing this take place right now in the Renew Church community. I want, I want to see this neighborhood begin to refer to us, and, and some people already have. I'd love to be known. You're the people that meet over there on 30th Street, and you love people in a way that no one else does. We know that we're doing this well when our neighbors are saying, look, I don't believe exactly like you believe, but I'm so glad that you're here because there's something about the sacrificial love and service of this community in this neighborhood at this time that's undeniable. Love one another 
as I have loved you. Um, Don Carson, in his book, Love in Hard Places, talks about this. He says, ideally, the church itself is not made up of natural friends. It's made up of natural enemies. What binds us together is not common education, common race, common income levels, common politics, common nationality, common accents, common jobs, or anything of the sort. Christians come together because they've been saved by Jesus Christ and owe him a common allegiance. In the light of this common allegiance, in light of the fact that they have all been loved by Jesus himself, they commit themselves to doing what he says, and he commands them to love one another. In this light, they are a band of natural enemies who love one another for Jesus' sake. See, the thing that holds us together is not our uniformity. Our unity comes from knowing that we are loved by him and we reflect that love toward one another. When that happens, as one friend describes it, we become a group of people who don't belong together, gathering together around Jesus for the sake of those who don't belong. A group of people who don't belong together, gathering around Jesus for the sake of those who don't belong. And as we do, we're living this out. Now, how do we, how do, we do this? What's the fuel for this? Now, here, here it comes. How do we do this? The source and the power of bearing fruit can be found in verse 9. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, I love you. Abide in my love. How does Jesus love you? What does it look like to receive his love and reflect it out to others? Faithful and committed. He actually defines what love is in this passage. See, our culture loves to use the word love as I just did. There are songs about it, there are movies about it, there are TV shows about it, there are articles about it, there are books about it, about love. But we're very poor at defining it. And Jesus actually defines it. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, if someone says they love you, but there's no sacrifice involved, there's no giving involved, there's no care involved. If someone says they love you, but all they're doing is taking from you, that's not love. That's lust. Jesus says the way you know love is because you will give of yourself. You will lay down your life for others. So how do we live into this sort of love? We see as the Father has loved Jesus, he loves us. How can he say no one has greater love than to lay down your life for your friends? Because the next day, he will do it himself. See, in this passage, this is called his farewell discourse, where Jesus is having dinner with his closest friends the night he was betrayed. And by this time tomorrow, he will have given his life for his friends on the cross. How can he call us to remain in his love? It's because he promises he will never leave you or forsake you. My friends, no one else can love you like that. Your career can't love you like that. Your health can't love you like that. Your wealth can't love you like that. Your looks can't love you like that. But he can love you like that. And the more you see he's the one who lays down his life on your behalf, the more you see he not only died for you on the cross, but he actually bore the ultimate fruit on your behalf, living a perfect life that you and I could never live. And he says, behold, my righteousness is your righteousness. 
My welcome is your welcome. My belovedness is your belovedness. Now live into it. The more you can bear fruit in any situation, in any location, the more you can have hope in any circumstance. See how he loves you. Trust in his love. Abide in it. And bear fruit where you are. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we pray now that you would convict and convince us of all that you want us to hear as we consider what it's like to be connected to you and then to reflect your vitality, your love out into this world. Thank you for Al and Marla. Thank you for the other friends who will join the church officially next week. Thank you for the hundreds of people who are a part of this community. And my prayer for them is that they would more and more be connected to you find their life in you, find meaning in you, find joy in you, find power in you. And that the roots would go deep so the branches could go wide and fruit would be spread abundantly. Fruit of joy, faith, hope, and love. We pray all these things for our good and your glory. Amen.